Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Joe Riding and this is Life of a Personal Trainer. And today's episode, it's a good one. And it's the first official episode. And you're going to learn about everything that I've done as a personal trainer, where it all started, the other jobs that I've had, the clients that I've had, the personal and business decisions that I've made, and generally just the reason why I decided to become a personal trainer and go down this route as a career, uh, as, as funnily, funnily enough as a career as it is. Um, so yeah, well it's a bit funny one this one because um, I was actually going to get a co-host because I'm basically asking myself the questions and then answering them all through this. But you know what? I'm the type of person who just wants to crack on with things and just get it done. Um, and I think that's why most people don't don't make any movements in their life and they act, take any actions because they want all the bells and whistles. They want it perfect. It's always a what if. And, um, and yeah, so I'm going to ask the questions myself. You're going to learn a lot about me. And this isn't going to be the last one of this style of podcast because I believe... I've got a lot more specific topics in terms of personal, in terms of business um, that I want to share that's inspiring and positive. Um, so yeah, so we're going to get right into it. And this is the same structure, the same pattern of what I'm going to use for all my interviewees, all the personal trainers that I'm going to get on the podcast. Um, it's going to be quite interesting. So... The first question is, what was health and fitness like growing up? Because I wanted it self-centered around personal training, helping clients transform the body, helping aspiring personal trainers get some inspiration and make it successful for themselves. I wanted to paint a picture and just wanted to show you that um, what individuals, what personal trainers, how they grew up. Because let's be honest, some of them fall into personal training because they're already in shape. Some of them have some real aspiring stories, whereas by, you know, they was overweight as a child or they had some body insecurities. And um, I, I just thought it would be really, really interesting for people to see that other side. Um, so you're not just the only person that grew up like, like you did or the same struggles that you go through. Personal trainers also go through these struggles. Um, so what was life like? Health and fitness like as a, as growing up. Um, I grew up with, with two brothers, two sisters. And you know what? The two sets of twins. So two sets of identical twins. They're both, uh, both sets are older than me. So we lived in a three-bedroomed house. And so you can imagine how chaotic it were. And to be honest, I want to get into more personal episodes. Um, so... I'm gonna not, I'm gonna sort of skim through the questions, is if you will, because I think we can go into more detail in specific positivity and events that occur in your life um, on other episodes. But you can imagine what it was growing up like. You know, five kids in one household, three bedroom house. You know, mum worked, mum worked two jobs, dad worked, um, and uh, and we just ate. Do you know what I mean? Like we just ate food. Sometimes I like have crisp sandwiches. 
you know, ready salted crisp sandwiches. I mean, ready salted because if you're the youngest, you ain't got no power over the oldest. You just basically just left for whatever crisp packets at the bottom of the pack, right? Well, tell me you haven't experienced that before. You know, and then we'd just eat your, your, your normal meals, you know, we'd have takeaways. I didn't really know what health and fitness were. Um, I, I was really, really into football. Um, but I didn't know anything about strength training. I didn't know anything about the gym. I didn't know anything about eating healthy. I didn't know anything about um, getting in shape. Um, I just got to a point where's by I genetically started, you know, forming into that teen and then teenage years and that them adult years and you just genetically take you know your features from your parents your grandparents and we're quite high in body fat as, as genetics um my granddad and my dad and and we carry a lot of body fat around the hips and i just started getting these love handles and um as i played football as i played football i didn't really control my diet obviously uh, because obviously body fat was increasing and as you start growing up as as it does anyway and I couldn't control it and also I got to I got to a point where I literally was looking for ideas of how to get rid of my love handles and I always asked the question to myself am I ever going to get you know the, rid of these love handles they were always going to be there should I do strength training shall I do cardio and I can remember thinking about these things when I was like 14, 15 because I used to wear I used to, I started like creating bad habits for myself, uh, whereas by, for example, if I were playing football as like 14, 15 year old, I'd wear a t-shirt underneath my football tops and you didn't see like my jiggling like love handles or like, and I'd carry body fat around, you know, my chest, like the man boob area. And um, and comments would get to me like at swimming and stuff and you know, your mates would say stuff like, you know, I know it sounds really weird, but like they'd like, you know, cut corn tits. Um, apologise for my language there, but <clears throat> you're going to have a few swear words. Uh, I'm ex-military, so you'll understand about that in a second. But things like that really got to you. You know, you know, you probably heard comments like that before. And um, and I just started remembering that, like, I just wanted to go to the gym. and Because I wanted to change. Like, obviously, the gym... <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I've, you know, I, you think weight training changes, yeah. Or going to the gym changes you. And I can remember just going to my first gym session and, you know, and uh, this, this lad that we went with, he was already into the gym and he's like, best shape I've ever seen. And it was like, one of those people that you look at and think, wow, uh, I was in that shape sort of thing at like 15, 16. I can remember going to the, the, the my first gym session and it was just awful. Like, obviously I was being guided by this, this lad and I could barely do a couple of press-ups and I could barely do any pull-ups and this guy were kicking out you know, 20, 20 reps in a set and all that type of stuff. And um, and it really fizzled out into nothing. Couldn't get a gym membership really. Couldn't really afford to pay for one. Didn't have a job or anything like that at the time. And I just thought it was just a thing like, you know, you can just go to the gym whenever you want and I might be able to stay in shape. I can remember always being out of shape and never in shape. You know, picture like a skinny fat frame. That was the genetics. So like I was really skinny arms, really skinny shoulders, um, no chest apart from this, like, body fat around my chest area and, you know, my love handles. And that's all I can remember. And um, I stopped playing football for whatever reason. And um, and I just went through school, like, you know, getting changed in the school, changing rooms with, in the corner, like, facing the wall. 
or like I'd play basketball, but you'd have to wear a vest and I'd like ask if I could wear a t-shirt underneath my vest just so I felt comfortable. And that's what I grew up with um, in terms of health and fitness. Obviously, moving up into the ladder, as we'll get into the questions, I joined the military at 16. I was, you know, bear in mind, like 16, you know, joined the military and I was still mega out of shape, really, in regards to body being body conscious and being comfortable and confident in my own body. Um, you know, the amount of fitness that you do, surely I can get in shape. That was that, that was in my head. If we do all this, all this physical activity, you know, military fitness, surely I'll be able to get in shape. And it just wasn't the case at all. Um, nutrition weren't controlled or anything like that. It was just... I'd eat and do military fitness and thought I'd get in shape and eventually I just I had to obviously change things up as you we'll get into the story in a second ago. Um and everything changed at the age of eighteen, nineteen, when I went on a lad's holiday. I went on a lad's holiday before that, way out of shape, I think I was about seventeen. Um and I used to pull my eye boxer shorts above my hips above my love handles so I didn't feel uncomfortable and confident and then when I look back I think fucking hell like you look like an idiot like Simon Cowell pants up to above my belly button and if you want to ask any of my mates that went on holiday wheel they'll actually tell you about the story that was the first holiday and the second holiday I went with a group of lads and a couple of them were quite older than me and they were already sort of like smashing the gym and all that and um, I went on holiday. I can remember just keeping my top on, at like the water park and um, and, and at the beach. And I'd, I'd sort of like won't go to like a beach party because I knew that I'd have to take my top off. And that's mad, isn't it? And I just thought there on then, when I leave this holiday, when I leave this holiday, I'm going to do whatever it can to get in shape. And that's where it all changed for me. And we're going to get a little bit more into detail with that in a second and obviously if you've got any questions for that please do let me know because obviously I'm trying to question myself right now and I want to give as much detail but skim through it as quick as possible as well so you can get the full picture um so that led me on to becoming a personal trainer and that's my next question what was the reason to becoming a personal trainer um well at 19 year old, I got back and I've done loads of fad diets. I've done acai berries. I, I'll check, check this out for a story. Um, I I took some of, some of, a lot of my mates were on, were on steroids at the time. And um, I just wanted to have the fastest path to results as possible. I needed the results. I was sort of, sort of, sort of changing my body, but like I didn't have my nutrition in aligned. And obviously, I know that now, but. Um, I still keep body fat, but like I was sort of lifting the weights and my shoulders were getting a little bit bigger. And I wanted the fastest path to results, right? So that's why we try these supplements and we try these acar berries and all these type of stuff and all these fat loss pills and all that type of shit. And I can remember I had a jab of gear, steroids. That's mad. I don't tell many people that. I had one jab, right? It was half a jab, not even a full one, because it flared up my arm. I had to go to the doctors to sort it out. And what a fucking blessing in disguise. Because we're going to speak about in the next ep- one of the other episodes is events that occur for you. And the reason why you use them as a positive uh, driving force. What a positive event that occurred to me. Because 
Otherwise, I'd have took gear, I'd have took it, I'd have gone on courses, and I'd have been left in the shit show of, like, looking for, you know, gear to boost me up and when my strength would go, because, obviously, you know, you get stronger when you're on gear and all that lot, then you you go off your cycle and you start losing your strength. Like, can you imagine trying to get to that level of aspiration and motivation again without continuously cycling gear? So I'm so fucking grateful that, that actually it flared up my arm. Um... A lot of people don't admit that they're taking gear. Let's be honest. Most people that are in shape in the gym, I can tell when they're taking gear. Um, so that was a blessing. And, uh, you know, that leads me on to obviously answering that question. And that is, um, I went through body transformation. And if you don't know Lex Griffin, Lex Fitness on YouTube... Um, when you search him, he's got a massive following. I can remember he was in the gym once where we trained over in Cone. Um, it, uh, and basically, like, I looked at him and he was, like, absolutely proper shredded. And um, and I, I needed to know what he did. So I reached out to him. He configured my macros. And I just followed it to letter. I was that motivated to do whatever I, I needed to do. I'd obviously done all your chicken, rice, broccoli, you know, eating... Bland, bland and basic without tracking anything specifically. So I, I were willing to do this. We advise you can eat a chocolate bar while tracking your macros. And um, and I did it. I did it for 12 weeks. And uh, you can see my pictures on my social media. I literally, like, transformed my body. I got rid of the body fat, got rid of my love handles, and I got in ridiculous shape. And it led me to the... I was in the military still at the time, and it led me to a position of where I really started loving the gym, like I did it all naturally and I did it by counting macros and I just thought, wow, people need to know this. And obviously I'd left the military um, a couple of years later and basically rock bottom on my arse, didn't know where to go. Like, you know, I was still young in my 20s and basically set up JRR Fitness, which was out of a boot, a boot camp van and... Uh, there we go with, with where we became a personal trainer and that's my reason is because I transformed my body in regards to the mental attitude of where I was at emotionally attached to transforming my body and I, it took me ages to do it and it took me ages to figure out you know ups and downs do it trying this and trying that and um and I did it easily by tracking my macros counting you know macros but eating chocolate like fucking people need this shit and I knew I could get people results, um, and that's why I become. That's why I became a personal trainer. And nine years later, ten years later, we're um, gone through thousands of transformations, absolutely thousands, um, which I'll talk about in regards to JRR Fitness in one of my other questions in a second, and I'll get more detail on another episode also. So the next question is. Your first client, what was the first client? Now, this is really good, this, because I really like this what changed the game for me. So when I first opened JRR Fitness in Barnoldswick, I was one of the very few that had had, these, had a fitness facility. Like, there's quite a few now um, knocking around everywhere, and this was like 10 years ago. And I was one of the very few, especially in this area, I was only the one to bring body transformations to this local area. 
I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that most people around Pendle use my fitness pal because of JRR Fitness. And this is mad because I was running a 12-week transformation challenge um, and I had two clients. What she was called, one was called Kathy and one was called Matt Snowden. And if you look on my Facebook page, this transformations are still there. And basically, I'd worked with them, you know, I was struggling, like, struggling for business. It was difficult, just started, you know, people trying to trust you. And um, and I just proper worked on them. I made sure they did it every single day, tracked the macros. And uh, they were absolutely got in ridiculous shape. And do you know what? They absolutely blew JRR Fitness up. To the point of the where's by, um, I ran my next transformation challenge 12 weeks because that's what we built jr fitness off was a 12-week transformation body transformations individual changes um and i blew it up and i blew up the next challenge and they say for example that this was on my third challenge i think which were if you think about it that's coming into like six months of the business and um at the time that the transformation challenge i think it was like 350 quid or something like that I had like 40, 50 people just knocking on the door, like just coming and paying me cash, like cash in hand, like it was mad. And for any aspiring personal trainers right now, if anything, please take this away. Make sure you have got your finances squared the fuck away. You know everything down to the letter. You know what you're aiming for. You know what you're charging. You know how to quit cash. You know how to keep the cash flow flowing. And you know how to reinvest into your business. Because I've learned the hard way, the very, very hard way. Um, coming from a background of no business, no business help whatsoever. I just needed to do what I needed to do to put food on the table. Which is a blessing, another blessing, another event that happened to me. And I really appreciate what happened. Um, <clears throat> because I've become the person who I am today and where I'm going to. So it's a blessing. Um, so that was my first client, Kathy and Matt. So Kathy and Matt, if you listen to this podcast, I still remember those times, amazing times. And I went through loads of transformations after that. Um, really enjoyable time. It was actually before I even thought about running a business. I was just a personal trainer. Um, so actually the stress of running a bit, you know, the stresses that come along with running a business weren't there. It was just a case of just pure enjoyment of getting people results. Hence the reason why... I only online coach people now and have an education platform for aspiring personal trainers also um, because I've come back down and pulled apart the business to see where I best appreciate it and how much enjoyment I can take from it and obviously how much growth is with the possible opportunity inside of it also. Um, sorry, a quick drink. So my next question is... What other jobs did you have before personal training? Now, this is funny. Uh, to be honest, every job that I've had, I've just walked away from. I've actually just... I've actually just said, fuck yourself, basically. Um, because I've got this one bad thing that's probably... It's a good thing and a bad thing, really. I can't be told what to do. Like, literally, like, no one can tell me what to do. I'll roll off my own rules. I'll roll off my own decisions. And if you ever find that you tell me what to do, then, like, the only person that really can do that is my missus, Gemma. And that's very rare. That has to be, like, I have to be in a good mood for it as well. Um, so I started. 
I, I got a window cleaning job, I think like 14, 15, window cleaning. And um, at the time, growing up as a teenager, it, we were just getting like pissed, that's all they were doing, like all my life, just getting pissed. And I look back and I think, wow, like, where was the direction of where we were going? And obviously I know back now, and yeah, you learn your lessons. And I come in waking up one Saturday morning, like, oh, do you want to randomly just ringing me, do you want to come and join the round, cash in hand? Yeah, no worries. Obviously, I was rough. Someone came out and complained about the windows. And I was like, the boss, my boss at the time, were like, look at this, you haven't done this. And I just fucking, I was rough, and I said, like, fuck this, I'm off. Have your stuff. See you later, mate. And I, if that guy's listening, I do apologise. Um, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person anymore, but you still can't tell me what to do. Um, next job was... What was it? Like, I think I played around with a few things. I can't really remember, like, a little in-between bit there. Um, I've done a bit of roofing, shitting my pants at the top of the roof, thinking, wow, this is fucking really high. Um, do I want to do this every single day for the rest of my life? Nope. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, driving to and from work, smoking weed in the van, and, like, no, mate, they're, like, that's not for me. I'm not into that. Um... And I always had this on my mind that I was joining the military anyway. Like, I always had this attitude, like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm joining the military. That's the end of. And so in a good thing, like, I had really good, like, commitment to, like, I'm going to do this. And I always knew that I was going to join the military. And I went in and really good times to start with. We'll get into more of that after onto another episode. But really good times. And I was speaking to a really good, like, old friend of mine. who's just becoming, he's just picking up his staff sergeant. Um, same age as me, picking up his staff sergeant. 30 year old, um, really committed to it, and he stick, stuck with it, and fair play to the guy. Um, and it, I, and I was having the conversation with him, and, and basically, you know, we, we were chatting, and I said, the military wasn't for me in the end, <clears throat> because I liked my own direction. But what it did ta- taught me were a lot of lessons, like a lot of discipline, it wrote me in. You know, essentially, I joined at 16, and like, I can always be grateful for. I don't know even what rank he is now. I think he's like, I think he's picked up his major, non-commissioned major, um, Major Reed. Right, fucking angry Yorkshireman. Sported Leeds United. And uh, I can remember him just like proper first couple of weeks like in the in the Army Foundation College over at Arrogate. Fucking hell. And like, I always look back and I think, wow, that was like basically my, my first mentor. Because... He disciplined me, like, if I were getting clever like these clever teenagers do, you'd get a smack, do you know what I mean? you get a slap round chops and, like, you, your mum and dad aren't there anymore. You're in this environment. It taught me a lot. Um, we are getting onto a bit of a tangent there with that one, but I want to get more specific onto that military sort of background into another episode, which could be interesting, especially for some parents that have got teenagers who are looking to join. Um... Because there's a lot to it, there's a lot to it, I'm really grateful for that. It led me to the person I am today in terms of discipline, timekeeping, my fitness habits, um, my mentality was started adopting from there. Obviously, I've worked on that myself as we move forward uh, with personal development and all that type of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that was really good. I left the military, I didn't know what we were doing. I worked at Sainsbury's, worked nights at Sainsbury's. Didn't offer me a next contract because I walked away from it. Now... I used to fucking go to Sainsbury's, right? I used to work nights. And this is mad, this, but 
Sainsbury's would close at 11 at night and I'll start at work at 10. And if I seen people coming into Sainsbury's, I'd just like shooting into the back and, and stuff. That's mad, isn't it? It's <laughs> just shooting back. I thought this, I'm not, I don't feel good working at Sainsbury's. I've been in the military. I feel like my soul's been t- torn apart from me now. Um, I don't have any respect for these guys because I've been just listening to colonels and captains and sergeants and stuff like that for for the past six years of my life. I just couldn't find my feet. I worked in a factory uh, while I was doing my personal training qualifications at the time. And I just like, I had a qualification meeting and I was just like, to the guy, the, the manager, whatever he were, look, I've got to go for my meeting. Um, I've got to go and speak to someone in regards to my qualifications that I'm doing. And he's like, no, you can't yet. And I just like turn around and went, I fucking can because I'm going because like I'm living my life. I'm doing what I want and I'm going to commit to this because it's what I really set my mind on. Uh, and that's where I've been ever since. Like military, uh, military to personal trainer, personal trainer to setting up with £300, which is another story, um, to setting up into a square foot unit, uh, 250 square foot unit, which is really small for a couple of months, blowing that up to two and a half thousand square foot unit to then um, having all my equipment robbed overnight to open up a second facility to selling the kit in the start of a pandemic because I just believe like it weren't my passion anymore to now becoming an online coach, which basically I've got the aspirations to take this up to um, a level of nationwide to become a mixture between body transformations and personal training education where we have multiple people going through our programs initially to then aspiring to change the career through positive mental attitude through finding the passion through finding the focus on helping others that was actually one of the questions by the way um was what's the mission in, in your life with personal training? It's essentially to change as many people's outlook on, on the gym so they can go into the gym with the confidence and comfortability of knowing what they're doing, where they're going, what path they're leading down, but also a, an accumulation of a thousands of people that go through their own transformation but then ascend into becoming personal trainers themselves because they've done it, they've been there, done that, wore the t-shirt, and now they can help others properly without, you know, let's be honest, some personal trainers just fucking fall into it and don't have the resources or the knowledge to go and actually change people's lives. They don't They don't know how to micromanage the nutrition. They don't know how to positively, you know, pick up the mindset. They don't know how to structureize the strength training, the fitness training, whatever that might be. And um, so there's a whole host of trainings on that that we supply as a mentorship, as a educational platform for for those type of individuals who are looking to change. Um, we're coming on to the last few questions here. And we're just trying to pick which ones are the best to leave you with the best possible sort of like first episode to me. Now, there's a lot more in detail that we can go, go on about, but we'll leave that for a later one. We don't want to suck all the energy out the first one. Um was becoming a PT a business or a personal decision? Now, this is one for more or less aspiring personal trainers and those who are interested. And that is, it became a thing where I needed to put food on the table. 
I looked at it and went, what am I good at? What can I, where can I make money doing something that I'm good at? And personal training was a thing. It was just a personal decision to put food on the table. It took me about two or three years to understand that, actually, this is a business. Actually, where can I go with this business? The sky's the limit and I can take it wherever I want. So the first couple of years, it was just a personal decision. Then he understood that actually, no, I need business skills. I need marketing. I need lead generation. I need finances. I need connections. There's loads of things like like you I learn every single day and that is a massive experience in terms of tools that I apply. Um, just figuring it out, just figuring out as I go along, you know, invest into personal development courses, invest into mentors, in myself. Um, I don't drink. So I put my money where I feel it's progressive. And that's is where as simple as that question comes down to. Um, another one. Last question. Last couple of questions. Three top tips for new clients wanting to change, but also three top tips for new aspiring PTs to become successful. Now, bearing in mind, I've not written any of these questions down to answer back with, but here's my top three tips for new clients wanting to change the body. Number one, that is know your reason to why. Because when you know your reason to why, investing into a coach outweighs you then battling your mind going should I put my money into it should I not put my money into it the reason will be so emotionally triggered to yourself that it doesn't matter what program you invest into you're willing to do that investment because the reason you'd rather feel that you've got a solution to that reason than actually just following that problem around your life all the single time that it negatively impacts you Number two would be invest into a coach. Coaching gets you, moves you to the fastest path to results. You, you need to invest into a coach. Um, and number three, make sure the people around you are on board. If you are not around the right people, you will be sucked into their life, their environment, their negative attitude, and their non-willingness to transform themselves. There's my three top tips for if you want to go and make them changes. I know it's probably against the grain that, and it's probably you probably wanted to hear some form of nutritional advice, which we'll get into. We'll get more specific on that. It's not just a case of oh, go and find your nutrition. Um, but there's my three top tips there. Three top tips for aspiring personal trainers to become successful would be number one, invest into a coaching education platform regardless what you think of how good you are at it, if you don't have the resources, the business skill set to push your personal training career off the ground of knowing how to acquire a new customer and keep that customer, get them the results that they're looking for, it's essential that you invest. Number two, find a community of people. Find the people that are willing to go and push you and progress with you whether that's through books, groups, other people that are motivating. Listen, biggest book that you could go and buy now is Jim Rohn, The Art of Exceptional Living. That changed my life. 
I was one of them people at the school that would say, what do I want to read a fucking book for? And most of the stuff that I learn is through books, just short little, small little investment. Um, a book will change your life as long as you hit the right one. And number three, understand who you want to change. That is very, very important. I went through years of working with the wrong people and it just leaves you miserable. Understand who you want to change, who that person looks like, what do they do, where do they train, how do they train, do they even train, where are they at within the lifestyle and double down on that and go looking for those people because you can help those people the most because you've got the most aspiration to do so. That is Joe Riding's Life of a PT introduction. Thanks for listening. And I really appreciate you leaving me a review, leaving me a comment, um, finding me on the socials. And look, listen, if you want to start transforming your life, go to www.joeriding.co.uk slash free training. And I'll give you a full breakdown of training of where to make a start, how to configure your macros, what the best training is for you, whether it's cardio, whether it's weights, and I'll we will configure a reason for you and we'll basically give you all the tools and the resources to go make a start on your body transformation. Much love, it's been a pleasure. Until next time. Peace.